Oh, good morning. You are listening to Breakfast Bites, and I'm Felicia King. Today's show is really going to be for IT service providers. And so if you're not an IT service provider, you may want to just skip on to another uh, one of the shows here because there you go. That's the audience for this one. I'm going to specifically address a question that I have gotten on a number of occasions. And uh, just to set everybody's expectations, you know, due to the demands on my time and the fact that I'm not unpaid tech support for people, I, I can't just do one-on-one Q&A here, right? So my approach is that I'm happy to help the community. And uh, when I do, I'm going to do it mostly through either technical articles, uh, educational articles, the knowledge base website that QPC has, uh, or uh, WatchGuard Master website that, that we have, uh, or this podcast, you know, a variety of our resources. Like I just did a, a lovely webinar for Heimdall, and it was, um, you know, 100% educational. You know, not not selling a product, not selling a service, nothing like that. Just, you know, pure value to the community, right? So I do that kind of stuff on a, a fairly regular basis as part of giving back to the community. But, um, you know, please be aware that I can't do uh, one-on-one Q&A tech support. And uh, I hope that y'all respect that, um, that, you know, I just can't engage in that kind of unpaid activity because, well, that's not how I make a living, is it now? Uh, so I'm going to address here as this question that a number of folks have presented to me over the years. It, it seems to be a uh, kind of an ongoing problem that happens when a client makes an IT service provider change. So they make that IT service provider change based upon some factors. And the vast majority of the time, the reason that they make those changes is because they think that their current IT service provider is charging too much. And, you know, too much is, well, that's a subjective amount, right? Because it's a, it's a question about where's the value. I would say the vast majority of cases, clients really do not have a viable set of requirements. And really, most of the time, what clients actually want is they want a help desk. And it's unfortunate that the majority of clients don't actually want security. So uh, they're not generally making informed decisions when they want to make changes. And uh, I have seen entirely too many circumstances and certainly been on the direct receiving end of what I would characterize as uh, pretty specious misrepresentations, not just pretty, but I'm going to call them egregious misrepresentations uh, going towards the realm of what I would call tortious interference. And those things have been perpetrated by other IT service providers who are actually our direct competitors. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, challenges that are associated with this whole scenario that is one IT service provider taking over for another in an environment. And and I think that uh, it's pretty rare that an IT service provider is really direct and upfront and clear with uh, a client, uh, you know, prospective new client about what it's going to take. You know, they always want to like present it as, uh, 
oh, we're going to lower your pain. We're going to lower your costs. It's going to be, you know, totally fine. You're not going to have any interruptions and, you know, and stuff like that. And yep, we're going to save you money and all those, you know, lovely things. And I've even seen it, you know, swing the other, the other realm of just, and I'm going to say just specious lies of, um, coming up with completely egregious nuclear statements like, uh, uh, and I've again, I've been on the receiving end of this. So like this is not, you know, th- this is not speculation. This is stuff I have direct firsthand uh, experience of where um, they'll make specious lies about how uh, the entire environment needs to be replaced, you know, and it's that's also horse hockey. Uh, in fact, I can tell you that in all the times that we've separated with a separated from a client, um, we gave the client 99% of everything and we gave them 100% of everything that they were legally uh, authorized to receive. The things they're not authorized to receive is our intellectual property. We are clearly not going to turn over our intellectual property to the client because it's not the client's property, nor are we going to turn over our intellectual property to a competitor. And competitors want it, right? So in our separation termination services agreements, we're very, very clear about setting those expectations. You know, we're telling the client that, you know, nothing is going to get nuked in your environment, uh, except if your new IT service provider does it, you know, we're not going to nuke the stuff. And uh, it's... You know, it's complex, but I have yet to ever see a circumstance where, and I'm not saying that's not possible, right? I'm not saying it never happens. I'm saying I have yet to actually see a circumstance where an IT service provider takes over a client's environment and the client's expectations about um, what needs to change has actually been clearly managed. And that if another very talented MSP were to look at that situation objectively that they would agree uh, with the representation of the way that that content was represented to the client, you know? So, um, so what I'm saying here is that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very emotionally charged subject and people need to understand that. You know, the client's got a lot of turmoil that their environment is is undergoing. You know, they're concerned about operations being disrupted and they're concerned about um, costs getting elevated. You know, these unseen costs. I mean, I've literally seen situations where uh, a client was paying what I would consider to be a reasonable amount of money on a monthly basis for the services that they were receiving that was based upon the challenges associated with supporting their extremely horrible legacy technology that they had. Um, So, but they were uh, really inept in their decision-making processes. And as a result, they basically shopped around until they found an IT service provider who would mislead, who was will very willing to mislead them and um, tell them that, Oh yeah, you know, we can cut your IT costs uh, by more than 50%. And and so they presented this agreement where, yeah, on its face, help desk, okay, <laughs> sure, help desk was there, but there were so many like glaring holes and opportunities for 
um, massive things to be added on after the horses had been changed. And of course, you know, a, a year, year later, I found out the status of uh, what the updated situation was on that. And sure enough, oh yeah, the spending was right back up where it was, but the security level had been, you know, drastically reduced. And, and I have yet to ever see a circumstance where, and I know it happens, right? But I have yet to see a circumstance where some business owner is going to eat crow and say, you know, or some, you know, COO or somebody or a CFO is going to eat crow and, and be like, yeah, yeah, we nuked our relationship with you and then we got burned and now we want to come back. You know, I know it happens. I've certainly talked to other MSPs who have relayed those sorts of stories to me, but I, I think that that's probably more, that's pr fairly rare, you know, when you, you're looking at the way that humans make decisions. So anyways, with regards to this whole like technology and asset transfer, right? This is the question that, that I quite frequently get because I'm an expert in, uh, of an extremely deep technical expert in, in a number of challenging technologies. And so, you know, on forums, I get asked these questions about, oh yeah, you got a question about this? Yeah, I talked to Felicia because she's, you know, she's got all of the expertise in that particular thing. So um, first, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not somebody's unpaid tech support, so let's just be, be clear about that. Uh, so what I what I want to do here is that this is not going to be a how-to guide to do anything. This is going to be a discussion about uh, strategy and getting these sorts of problems to not occur again in the future. So, for example, let's say a client has a piece of technology that you are not an expert in. You do not have a, re a rich, deep expertise in it. You don't have certifications in it. You don't have the manufacturer partner levels to support that endeavor. Uh, you know, all of really the things that need to be in place in order for you to be able to competently deliver a solution to the client. It is a risk profile, not only to the MSP, but also to the client for the MSP to be providing services to a client utilizing technology that they do not have the requ requisite manufacturer support for or the certifications or the experience in. So uh, even just like last year, I got contacted by uh, an MSP that had taken over an account uh, and they knew about a piece of extreme networks. Like a, it was a really high end piece of equipment that extreme um manufacturers that was in this environment. And it, it fulfilled a very specific technological use case in that environment. And in fact, uh, it was really, it was the core of the network. It was the core of the network. Now the client themselves had uh, constructed this particular problem because the client had really failed to define the requirements on their former IT service provider, you know, with regards to the, you know, this piece of equipment and the way it was used in the network and the functionality that it provided and, you know, all of the parts and pieces associated with it. So the client was definitely at fault, but then the client really started to dig their own grave even further because they decided to change horses. So they, they went and 
found themselves an IT service provider that had no expertise in, in extreme switching. And so the business owner called me up, the owner of this MSP called me up and said, you know, I know you are uh, an incredible expert with regards to extreme networks technologies. And, you know, can you help us out with this thing? And I'm, you know, I'm listening to the story that he's telling me and I'm thinking to myself that really, if anybody on his team had adequate networking skills in general, I really thought they should have been able to figure it out. Now, the other thing that that occurred to me was that they should have never told the client that they could take over that account and provide uh, adequate support to that environment when they not only did not have the networking skill to deal with uh, that level of networking complexity that was definitely in play in that environment, but they also didn't have the expertise in that particular equipment. So, you know, I basically talked to him for a while and then I told him, I said, you know, look, at the end of the day, what the, the thing that you've told me here is that you didn't budget, you didn't set your client's expectations effectively. Now you got egg on your face and you don't have money to pay somebody who knows what they're doing to come in and be able to help you dig out of it. So what's left on the table? I guess you got to go back to your client and you know, tell them that you're going to have to pull that equipment out and you're going to have to redo the way that things are done because that's the limits of your team. And the client's going to do whatever they're going to do about that. So like I said, this is always, you know, dancing is a two-party process. The clients need to be doing their levels of due diligence. But I also think that the IT service provider needs to be doing a very competent uh, they need to be very exceedingly competent in how they are managing the client's expectations. So uh, more recently, I got a question uh, about taking over some uh, WatchGuard equipment from a former IT service provider. And I don't think that this is a specific WatchGuard related thing. I think that you could apply this across the board anywhere. And the reality is that there's nuances. I think it is an extremely naive assumption to say that you could walk into an ecosystem of equipment that you don't have partnership in, you don't have certifications in, you don't have experience in, and you don't have depth of bench in, and, and that you're going to be successful in managing the risk of taking it over or even, you know, understanding the implications of changes. And I think it would also be naive to suggest that you're going to just exclusively rely upon manufacturer support and advice for that. Because I can tell you that, like, I would have gotten uh, into some serious hot water on an abundance of occasions had I relied upon what the manufacturer's personnel, whether they be support or sales engineering or product engineering or, you know, whatever level of personnel inside of a company, I would have gotten into some major hot water had I taken them at their word. 
but I'm always uh, quite a bit more, uh, you know, hesitant about that type of stuff. And it's like, no, no, if, if I haven't done it, if I don't have full documentation on it, if I haven't seen the implications of what happens when you make certain changes, I'm not going to be making any promises to a client about what their outcome and, and how to manage their expectations about what sort of impact they're going to see based upon anything. Okay. I'm just not going to do that. And I think that that's the fundamental thing that a client is expecting from an IT service provider or a managed services provider is they're looking for that. Um, they're looking to be able to leverage that kind of expertise because I mean, you know, otherwise, why don't they just, you know, hire a desktop technician employee and let them run wild with their network, right? I mean, if the game is just experimentation, then they might as well just have an internal employee doing that, right? So the fundamental relationship between a client and their IT service provider is uh, the presumption of expertise, depth of support, uh, depth of relationship with the manufacturer of the hardware software, uh, escalation support not just from the client to the MSP, but from the MSP up to the manufacturer. Uh, and, you know, depth of experience, depth of bench, depth of expertise, okay? Uh, they are looking for fundamentally expertise, okay? So in the circumstance that you take over an account where the former IT service provider had implemented technologies in that environment, in this example, you know, WatchGuard, and the new IT service provider does not have that expertise. What they should be doing is before, okay, before they've ever agreed to take over that environment, they need to disclose to the client that, hey, we don't have expertise in the whatever it is. And that because of that, and because you want your environment to be reliable and supportable, we are going to have to replace those things and do potentially some, you know, reconfigurations and that there will be expense and there will be impact to that. Now, if the client doesn't want to incur the expense of that project, then you shouldn't take them on as a client. That's just, that's just it. Bottom line. You shouldn't do that. So another, you know, another option is to completely outsource the management of those things to uh, an expert, but then, you know, I mean, you, you got to figure out what that model looks like for you. Okay. Another option is you go hire an employee who does have that expertise. And I would expect that, uh, that would, that would be something that would be quite expensive for most organizations to, uh, to engage in. So, <laughs> You know, the, the primary core issue here is a lack of uh, appropriate managing of client expectations. Now, I, I also want to tell you about something that I think is a tad bit of a hot button of mine and to caution you to not not do this. Please, whatever you do, you know, do not tell the client that these things have to be ripped out. I've literally heard IT service providers use the language rip and replace associated with egregious lies that they were telling about the former IT service provider. 
Okay. Please don't do that. Please do not misrepresent the situation because that will come back to haunt you. And if you have an account manager in your business or a sales engineer or somebody on the sales side who really doesn't understand the situation from a technical perspective, and then they are making comments like that to a prospect, that account manager of yours could be engaging in tortious interference with that other MSP. Okay, and tortious interference is, you know, it's it's basically it's um, you know it's something you could get sued for, and you could get into some pretty serious legal hot water for tortious interference. And I've seen it happen. Okay, I've absolutely seen it happen. I've literally seen it with my own eyes. I've seen the interactions between a prospective IT service provider who is just spilling lies and drastically lying and misleading. And it's very, you have to, when you have salespeople or account managers, you've got to really deeply counsel them because they have a tendency to just shoot their mouths off about stuff that will get your company into legal hot water. Uh, So, you know, if you're taking over a client and you really don't have deep expertise in a particular technology. Don't mislead the client about that. And don't tell them that rip and replace has got to happen because of the former IT service provider. Tell them straight up that, look, the goal of you changing IT service provider and going with us is because you wanted better support. Whether that's better support at a lower price or better support, whatever. You wanted something better. Okay? You, you weren't happy with what you had. So the reality is that in order for us to support you, you have to be supportable. Okay? Supportable. And being supportable means that your business needs to utilize infrastructure and technologies that we support. Because otherwise, we can't support you at the price point that you wanted to be supported at and that we agreed to provide you support. You know, the whole essence of like working with an MSP is to be able to provide leveraged uh, scale of service, uh, such as like the economies of scale that come from known vetted good working configurations. Ah, this happens and then we know what to do. And oh, hey, we just know how to proactively prevent issues from even happening because we've got this great depth of bench in, in whatever that thing is, right? The, the client is looking for that economies of scale, uh, low cost, high value service from their MSP that truly can only ever be delivered based upon depth of bench, competency, experience, expertise, certifications, support models, and standards. Okay, Part of those standards, you end up with lots and lots of lovely documentation, hopefully, in your business that enables you to provide rapid response resolution and or just preventing problems from happening. None of those things can be accomplished if there is 
uh, equipment in the client's environment that you don't have, that you can't meet that criteria for. Uh, I want to bring up one other interesting example, and this is going to go back to the Kaseya VSA breach situation. There were MSPs that I talked to during that time period who had been breached, and I uh, figured out why they had been breached. And the, the core theme song that I saw pretty consistently across the board was that they had take, taken an approach of trying to be um, cost-friendly, budget-friendly, and overly accommodative to their client. And as far as I'm concerned, they were just really bad at sales. And here's what I mean. I'm not talking about selling equipment to clients. I'm talking about selling clients on a paradigm and helping them to have a good risk management decision-making process. So it does not help the client to be in a situation where the outcome that they get is that, sure, they they saved maybe $2,000 on the cost of replacing a piece of equipment, but now they're compromised and breached because the because there was really nobody in that organization that uh, had the the capabilities to construct an appropriate level of security at the network layer because of the because oh well we're going to save you money by not replacing the network equipment okay when i take over a client pretty much the first thing i'm going to do in it is is going to go in and i'm going to gut that network and i'm going to make it so it doesn't suck because I've never encountered a network that didn't need a significant improvement at a foundational level. I mean, the network is the core guts of everything that goes on in an organization. And you have to be able to trust the network. You've got to know that data is not leaking. You've got to know that devices are only talking to what they're supposed to be talking to. So if you can't control the network layer, then you're literally leaving the door open for devices on premise to continue to talk to the old IT service provider, to talk to unauthorized parties in general, okay? So that network layer has got to get under control. And if you don't have the expertise in the equipment that's in play to make that happen without replacing it, then you need to replace it. So back to this whole Kaseya VSA breach thing here, it's like, you know, a number of the people that I talked to that got breached, they were like, yeah, well, we tried to be overly accommodative to our clients. And uh, uh, and so they had just, when they took over a client, they left the client with the whatever piece of equipment was that the client had. And uh, the other problem that I saw in my discussions with these folks is that um, there was one guy, the business owner, and this is, you know, the way that they basically conveyed it to me, this isn't my, uh, you know, it's not my interpretation. This is literally how they presented it to me, where they're presenting it to me that they were the only person in their company that actually had the technical skill to support all of those diverse pieces of equipment. Now, I would make an argument that I don't actually think they had the technical skill, because if they had had the technical skill, then they wouldn't have gotten breached. Uh, but that is just my opinion. So uh, hopefully, you know, I hope you find that helpful in, in terms of like understanding some 
some paradigm implications. And from a client perspective, when the client is looking for a prospective new IT service provider to partner with, you, you need to take a hard look at what their actual skills and capabilities are. And it better not be you know, a, a one-person business because the depth of bench just doesn't exist there. And I would argue that even like a two-person business is probably not sufficient to provide depth of bench. Now, it doesn't mean that a 60-person business is going to be better than a five-person business. Oh, heck no. In fact, I could tell you about abundant levels of examples where a 60-person business doesn't even have the skill set of some three-person businesses that I know. So, you know, the size of the organization, there is a reasonable floor that can provide you depth of bench and business continuity of support. And this is, in essence, of course, one of the factors that you're choosing to do business with an MSP at, rather than hiring your own full-time internal IT person, because that now that full-time internal IT person is a single point of failure for your organization. Okay. Um, but now your IT service provider uh, needs to not have that same sort of a challenge. So there is a floor. Uh, but do not think, do not get, you know, pulled into the concept that says, ooh, the 60-person business is somehow better than, you know, the seven-person business. Look very hard at what the uh, implications of making that IT service provider change is. And um, be also very cautious when you're talking to people whose title is account manager or sales engineer, because you will most likely not be getting accurate information from them. So please do not get uh, lulled into uh, an attempt to make informed risk management decisions by conversations with those people.